Welcome to the I-29 MUU Dairy Podcast. I-29 MUU University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. Well, welcome to this episode of the I-29 MUU University Podcast. We're going to be talking about today is National Farm Safety and Health Week that's coming up here on September 18th to 24th. Um, my name is Jim Salfer with the University of Minnesota Extension. Along with me today are my uh, co-hosts, Fred Hall with Iowa State University and Jan Bentley with Iowa State University. And then our guest for today is Emily Krekelberg, who happens to be a colleague of mine with the University of Minnesota Extension. We actually work very close together in the county that I'm located in, where she used to be. And now she is an educator with the University of Minnesota, a regional educator focused on safety and health. So welcome, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. I'm happy to be here and and to add a little more Minnesota flavor uh, to this episode. Yeah, it's you know, of, yeah. we got to work with Emily back a few years ago when she was part of our I-29 group. So she's a familiar face to us. Yes. When I went on uh, to my new position working with farm safety and health, uh, previously, I had been doing dairy work. So yes, was involved with the I-29 Dairy uh, Moo University and, you know, still still really excited to be able to work with you guys here and there and was really excited when you asked me to be on the podcast. Well, this will be good. Jen, do you have any comments before we get started here? Yeah, I was just going to mention, you know, I worked with Emily with, you know, dairy in when you first started an extension and then we did the boots in the barn program for the, the women programming. And I thought that was a really good program that we did with our dairy women here in Iowa. So I appreciate the work that you've done with that. Thanks, Jen. So Emily, I know uh, from personal experience that you have a lot of interest in this whole safety and health aspect. Do you just want to mm-hmm. comment on why this is such a passion of yours? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to keep it short. Uh, luckily, we're all remote today, so nobody can, you know, yank me off with the shepherd's hook. Uh, but yeah, so I grew up on a dairy farm in southern Minnesota, and I grew up with a dad who was an amputee due to a farming accident. My dad lost his leg when he was 19 years old. So I just grew up with a constant reminder of the dangers of farming. And, you know, so that has always played a role in in my interest in the topic and my passion for the topic, you know, as life has gone on. And unfortunately, I had another family member, uh, my brother lost his arm in an agricultural accident as well in October of 2016. So a lot of the work I do is is very closely tied to my personal life and just things that I've had to go through that my family has had to go through. And as I've worked more in this space, you know, we have farm safety. I also have health in my title. You know, I've always been a big advocate for mental health and especially, you know, mental health and agriculture. I think we've seen over the past three, four five years how much that has come to the forefront and how many barriers we have been able to break down around having those conversations about mental health and farming. Really specific passion of mine in this field is really talking about the relationship between stress and safety. You know, I think sometimes people hear safety and health, and they like to keep both of them very, very separate. 
but they are very integrated into one another. You know, you are not going to have health without safety and you're not going to have safety without health. What are the biggest causes of accidents on farm? I'm sure that's a focus of National Farm Safety and Health Week, or am I missing the boat here a little bit? And can you talk a little bit about some of the hazards or the most common causes of accidents or hazards on farms as we move into harvest here? Yes. So I get asked that question quite a bit. What what causes the most accidents on farms? You know, my answer is maybe a little controversial for some, but it is the truth. The number one cause of accidents on farms are people. Tractors don't cause accidents. Tractors get involved in accidents. And I, I believe really firmly that, you know, accidents are caused by people and that's not a fault on us. That's not a fault on farmers. That is the nature of accidents, right? And so, yes, equipment or various things can be involved, but when we look at a lot of these different accidents, we see that there is usually some sort of human error involved in them, which is why I say people are kind of the biggest risk, but people are also the biggest, most high value asset on their farm. And so that's also where that health piece comes in with safety. You know, we're really trying to help reduce that human error to help prevent accidents as well. And, you know, of course, as I mentioned, yes, people cause accidents, but yes, there are certain types of accidents that seem more common. You know, uh, a big one in, in both Minnesota and Iowa, and I think kind of for the whole I-29 area, of course, is entrapments. So grain bin accidents, manure storage accidents, those types of things, uh, because that's also really closely tied just to the nature of farming in this area of the country, right? Lots of crops, lots of grains, lots of livestock. So those are are really big dangers. And, and we do a lot of education around that confined space safety. Another one, of course, always is, is tractors and equipment. You know, I mentioned my, my own story. I have two family members that have lost limbs. Both of them lost their limbs in accidents related to equipment that had augers in them. So augers, PTOs, tractor rollovers, those are all really high priority for me in, as far as education and prevention goes, because those are also the accidents where more likely than not, they can turn fatal, especially very, very quickly compared to some of our other risks. But of course, there are a ton of hazards on the farm too. Um, livestock can present a hazard. We need to take special care uh, when we have kids on the farm. Youth farm safety is really important. You know, it's just, there's there's always something, right? There's a little bit of everything here. And I think, again, a lot of it really ties to a focus on taking care of the people, setting our people up for success, and setting them up for safety as well. So Emily, that leads me to my my question about farm safety, because we do raise awareness during the you know month of September about farm safety and health. And we do a lot of education programming about around that area. But how does a farm begin to implement farm safety? I mean, we talk about it, but then getting down to farm level, how do we begin? What are some basics that uh, people can do? Yeah, I think kind of the baseline for me is really about developing a culture of safety on your farm. And that that might sound like this really big, you know, 40,000 foot level task, but it, it starts really small. So, you know, what do we know about cultures? That's usually this generally accepted set of norms 
uh, that a group of people might have. And so if you want to, you know, encourage safety on your farm, you need to have that built into your culture. So that can be things like making sure if you are training a new employee that you specifically provide them training on safety and emergency practices. For example, you know, if, if this sort of emergency happens, here's what our plan is, having some of those pieces in place. And yeah, and just making safety the easy option, I think is the biggest thing. So even, you know, making sure all your employees have their PPE needs met, you know, um, that everybody has their own safety glasses or, you know, their own respirator, depending on what type of work they're doing. Again, really setting that farm up to be safe and and making sure that people realize it's a priority. So also a little bit of that practice what you preach piece is in there as well. You know, farming has a lot of inherent dangers as a part of it. And I think that it's really important that people can recognize those dangers and help other people on their farm, family members, employees, et cetera, also learn how to identify those hazards and really encouraging people to speak up if if they see something that seems unsafe, right? Hey, if you notice this shield is is cracked or is breaking off, let us know so we can get it replaced. Kind of creating that feedback loop, I think, is really important, too, in creating a safe farm is that, you know, <laughs> I say this and I think we run into it, especially with dairy, right? This idea that if it's everyone's job, that is a way to guarantee that no one does it, right? You know, I think of, oh, watching for heats when we go to farms and they go, well, we all watch for heats, right? And if everybody's watching for heats, probably no one is because they assume someone else is doing it. And so with safety, there is that piece where, yes, it's everyone's job, but it's also not a bad idea to have one or two people that are really going to be, you know, your safety leads or whatever you want to call them um, that will really help encourage that, you know, collective group effort towards farm safety. But sometimes nice to have a couple, you know, captains to kind of guide things through as well. Good points. I think, you know, I, as we talk about hiring employees and you know, people are getting further and further removed from working on farms, right? So they may not have that um, necessarily back agricultural background of understanding awareness of tractors or equipment or, you know, cow movement, things like that. So yeah, I like your idea of just creating that culture from the get-go of once you get them on board, let's start some training. It's interesting that you would say, you know, a lot of our employees don't have that tactile experience from growing up, but everybody has some experiences that are universal. At one of our dairies, when he faces the silage pile, they move four of those orange safety pylons, and that's how they mark where the safe zone is. And I, you know, a year ago when I saw it, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. And he says, everybody recognizes that. And recently I was visiting with him and he says, yeah, I bought 50 more pylons because it's such an effective tool to marking a, a problem area that now he says, I have four or five of them in a cattle barn. I have some, you know, there in the commodity barn, you know, and he says, Nobody asks why they're there. They instantly know 
there's a hazard. So those are the kind of culture things that I think are real important to producers. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, Fred. And and I just want to expand on that a little bit. Yeah. Pylons, cones, I'd say anything that's safety orange or safety yellow or safety green, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Just those colors can be really big indicators to us um, of dangers. Like you said, he doesn't need to say what those pylons are for. People know. Right. We recognize we know bright orange means it's probably a hazard or a danger at the very least, something we need to pay attention to. And that is such a great example of how you build a culture of safety is just having these little things in place that aren't, you know, it it wasn't a big production. They didn't need to do a big training on it. They were just there one day and people understood what they meant and, and respected what they meant. And so that is such a great example of just those small, easy ways that we can integrate safety that that just can make a lot of difference. You know, we know how dangerous silage faces can be. And so just having that little reminder, that little warning there, I, I'm sure has has prevented an accident and will prevent many more. Yeah, Emily, I think you make a good point. You had mentioned earlier too, but I'd just like to emphasize this isn't just for large farms. I think large farms are getting a lot better at uh, safety because they're just concerned about workers' comp, et cetera, all of those issues. But I think, you know, some of our worst accidents, and we can all think of them, where children are killed or they're backed over or, you know, and Emily, you said it really well. It's developing that culture of safety. So I think the parents need to set an example on small farms is everything is about safety. And you do, and I, I know what it's like. I mean, I'm sure there's listeners going, yeah, you're not out there when you've been working 12 or 14 hours and you're in a hurry. Nothing, and I just tell farmers, nothing could be worse than your children getting injured or you getting injured. It doesn't matter. It may take more time, but it's just really important. And I think we can all think of tragic examples, including your family, Emily. You gave some stories where you just... And they do happen, but let's try and avoid as many as they can. Jim, I just want to follow up really quickly on what you were just talking about, specifically as it relates to kids. Kids on the farm is a tough one for, for many, many reasons, right? And I mentioned I grew up on a farm. I have very vivid memories of playing in gravity boxes full of corn as they were being emptied. You know, just these kind of now as an adult, I'm I'm so lucky. I'm so grateful I wasn't killed. Or it was or fun injured. though, right? We all right, took yeah. Rest. And yeah. and so I think that especially parents on the farm, they do need to you know kind of assess their risks, right? I understand you you want your kid to have a similar experience that perhaps you did on the farm. I understand that my nieces and nephews, you know, they're they're having the same type of childhood I had and that that's really valuable to me. But what are we doing? Yeah. To teach them about having caution and being careful. I mean, yes, I think it's great if your kid wants to go out in the field with you. That's awesome. But if you don't have a tractor with a buddy seat or even if you have a tractor with no cab and they're just sitting on your lap. You know, what what are you teaching them there and and what are they learning? Right. So we really need to teach our kids that, you know, there can be calculated risk, but also 
that there are risks. You know, the the farm is not a free for all playground. Uh, you know, there are rules that need to be followed. You know, my friends at the National Children's Center in Wisconsin, they really talk a lot about creating, you know, safe play spaces on the farm. And even farms that that bright orange again, they'll put snow fence up, you know, around their playground um, as a way to kind of keep their kids where they need to be. Right. Or or as a signal for people who may be visiting the farm that aren't familiar with a farm, you know, here's here's a safe place for your kids to be right now. You know, and and when we're doing this type of activity or, you know, harvesting silage and and getting it put in the bunkers, all of those kinds of things, making sure that there is a place where kids can be nearby, because I know a lot of kids, you know, they like the equipment. My my five year old nephew, he could just watch tractors drive by all day long. Right. And so creating a space for them that still makes them feel involved, but is not putting them in danger. Every three days, a, ch- a child dies in a farming accident um, in this country. And I believe the number is about, mm, I want to say 60% of those cases where a child dies, they were not directly involved in the farming activity that was happening, right? It was something, you know, flew off and and hit the child or yeah, they were playing in the yard and and they got backed into something like that. So, you know, even if you you don't have your child involved in a task, you still need to know where they are, what they're doing. Another thing I love to do at all of our youth safety programs this summer, every kid got a youth size safety vest. And I just told them, I'm like, hey, when you're running around the farm playing, you should have this on because then your parents can see you. Other people know where you are. So just using those little simple things are are the way accidents get prevented. Just a comment. There might be some people that are non-farmers that are that are listening, hopefully, to this podcast. But I just like to comment on road safety. You know, as I drive around and I'm obviously very involved with agriculture, all my family is, and I'll maybe throw my wife under the bus, but we'll be, you know, and there's a lot of big equipment this time of year that's going down the road. These great big tractors are going slow. Why can't they just get out of the way? I said, Cindy, this is all of their crop. This is really important for them to be on the road. So if you're non, just understand if you're on the road, there is going to be big tractors. This is really important for farmers. And as farmers, be aware that many of those people are going to be impatient. They're going to be on their way to work. They're not going to be prepared because they're going to leave at the same time in the morning. All of a sudden, they're seeing all these silage boxes or trailers on the road. So they may not be real smart, too. So I think the other thing is try to be aware of people around you when you're on the road specifically that may make a really dumb decision. And I know our equipment is much better than it used to be. I mean, we all remember growing up and you maybe had an SUV sign, maybe on your tractor. Now we have a lot of flashers, but make sure all of those work. Just be patient with farmers on the road because this really is important to them. Is there any final comments before we kind of wrap things up here, Emily, Fred, or Jen? Well, Jim, I'm just going to add to what you're saying about roadway safety. That is a tough one because, yes, uh, we see a lot of accidents that involve people that perhaps driving recklessly. Um, A lot of people don't know how slow farm equipment really moves. So if you're coming, coming up from a hill and then you see a tractor up ahead, you know, you might think, oh, I have room to slow down. You really don't have a lot. 
right? And so that's why, yes, it's so important. Make sure your lights are working. Have your four-way flashers going on your tractor and equipment whenever you're on the road. Have your slow moving vehicle emblem. That's that's the orange and red triangle that we see on the back of equipment. I am not sure for Iowa, but I know in Minnesota, it is it is state law. You need to have that affixed to anything that does not travel over 30 miles per hour on the road. So so you can actually get a ticket. You can get cited if you don't have a slow moving vehicle emblem on your tractor or equipment. So making sure you have those pieces there. And again, you you can't control how other drivers are going to behave around you, right? As somebody with farming experience, when I see a tractor on the road, I slow down right away, leave plenty of space, you know, and, and typically the tractor will see you too. And they'll try to find a way for you to get past them, right? They understand they're slowing you down. But sometimes when you have traffic coming the other way, there's there's not a lot of options in that. So it's just so important for farmers to, you know, be attentive. If if you see a driver that is maybe making you a little nervous, think about, you know, what you can do. I've I've even seen tractors, um, they'll just pull into a random field approach. Maybe it's not even theirs or not the field they're going to, you know, just to get lines of cars past them, because that's going to make the situation so much safer for the farmers and the other drivers. So I think when it comes to roadway safety, especially, you know, it it stinks to say that it really falls on the farmers to to do a lot of the the heavy lifting and being attentive. But yeah, people who aren't familiar with tractors or equipment, you know, they don't understand. They go slow. They need a longer distance to stop because they're heavy. You know, all of these things that farmers do know. So we can really play a role in helping keep our road safe as well by being safe and attentive attentive drivers. So any comments, Fred or Jen, before we kind of wrap things up? Or Emily, do you want to do a summary? Go ahead, Fred. I think to help give the public as well as new farm workers perspective is the weight of some of this equipment. Uh, about the second day, one of our big farms was chopping. Uh, a new employee rolled a, a silage truck. He cut the corner just a little too, and he said, well, I cut it like that with my pickup all the time. Well, the big difference between a 7,000-pound pickup and an 85,000-pound semi rolling through the corner. For others on the highway, understand that if you're running 80,000-plus, it doesn't stop like your Volvo or your Volt. You know, it's going to take some time to to recognize the reaction time and then slow that down. So I think both sides of the equation have to appreciate and understand the function of that much weight rolling down, a, whether it's a gravel road or blacktop or a highway. Okay, Emily, do you have some closing, just a couple of closing words of advice as people, some take home advice? Take home messages for people as we finish this up. Yes, I have a very easy take home message. You should all be able to remember it. It is only six words. And I hope you all repeat these six words to yourselves throughout the year to stay safe on the farm. And that is slow down, think twice, stay safe. Well, thanks, Emily. I think that's good parting words. So thanks for joining us on this I-29 podcast. Appreciate it, Fred, Jen, and our special guest, Emily, today. Have a nice day.
Thanks for having me, guys. We'd like to thank our 2022-23 Annual I-29 sponsors, Iowa Corn Growers Association and T-Lay Dairy Video Sales. Learn more about Iowa Corn Growers Association at iowacorn.org. Learn more about T-Lay Dairy Video Sales at tlaydairyvideosales.com. I-29 MUU is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.